called Radical Living. This is part four of it today that I'll be uh, given. The scripture reading, the first, uh, it's out of the message. I want to read that. Y'all don't have to stand up today for it. It's going to be the same uh, scripture that we're covering today. 1 Peter 8, I'm at 3, 8 through 11 in the message. Summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you, no exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp tongue sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace and all your worth. So we're going to uh, do Radical Living Part 4. It's all about relationships today. And that's pretty much what life is about, our relationships with God, our relationships with man. Uh, so I'm going to read the same verse out of the NIV, 1 Peter 3, 8 through 11. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because of this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. When I uh, started studying this scripture to write the sermon, I noticed that each sentence in here, I think of any of us in here could grab a hold to any of these sentences in here and accomplish that sentence in the whole year to come we would be doing good. So uh, there's a lot of meat in this scripture. There's a lot to get out of it. And like I said, each little piece means so much that as Christians, if we could get this, it would be an awesome thing for us. Um, the first point in your bulletin is be, be agreeable. Be agreeable. If you look uh, at the... Uh, Scripture reading for the day, the points are going to follow, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, all of those lists down there, and we're going to talk about how to do that. Uh, meditating on this, studying this, you know, uh, the only way I could see and think about how you could be agreeable is the same way we do it with our, if, if you're married, uh, with you do, how you do it with your spouse. We have to learn to let a lot of the little things go. A lot of the little stuff that bothers you in life about people. You know, and we're not just talking about the people that you uh, live with in your household today. We're talking about the people you work with, the people you see out at the stores, the people uh, just in your life. Uh, so we have to learn to do the same thing with them that we do with our uh, spouses. Uh, and I know each one of us can make a list about our spouse of things that irritate us about them that we've never said anything about, you know. Uh, I know my wife can. Yesterday, she, uh, I was out working, and we just put in hardwood floors, and they look good when they clean, and she 
cleaned. I spent an hour cleaning them up, and I came in from work. I was on call. I had my work boots on. I walked to the couch, and while I was taking my work boots off, I looked around, and the floor was real shiny and clean. I looked back to the door, and there's tracks going to the door. I said, uh-oh. I said, oh. And she, and she, she yelled from the back of the house, did you take your boots off? No, baby, I'm sorry. And, and she didn't make a big deal out of it, you know. I, I, I was like, I'll clean it up. But before I got it cleaned up, she had it cleaned up. But she could have made a big deal out of it. And it's the, the little things in life that we have to overlook to be agreeable. Uh, and there's no two people, whether it's your spouse or your best friend, if you spend a tremendous amount of time with anybody, you're going to disagree on stuff, you know. And it doesn't have to be stuff that you've, you don't have to fight about those things. You can agree to disagree, you know, and it can be little things that just irritate you about people. Like I said, uh, you could ask my wife and she could make a list of stuff about me that I'm sure that, would, that irritates her that I don't even know about. And what this is going to take, it's going to take some of us to bite our tongues. You know, if you don't practice this already, it's going to take some of us to bite our tongues and some of us are going to have some sore tongues for a while. You put this in, some swollen mouths. Uh, but that's what it's going to take for us to get along better, to be agreeable. Don't, uh, some of the old sayings, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. You know, it's not important. It really is. I uh, the scripture for that, Romans 12, 16, and NIV says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with uh, people in low position. Do not be conceited. So the first part of that is live in harmony with, each, with one another. The second thing is be sympathetic. Be sympathetic. I know uh, everyone here has heard the saying before, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. That's, we should listen twice as much as we speak. And uh, to be sympathetic, you have to apply that rule. There's, there's a lot of truth in that rule. We have to be willing to apply it. When, when uh, you hear that somebody's doing bad or, or someone tells you about the, something that's going on in their life, we need to listen a lot more and speak a lot less. You know, Listen to what they have to say. Just spend the time to do that. Uh, and some of us in the church... And probably, I know outside of the church are so quick to jump into judgment, which is opposite of sympathy. It's judging. And uh, I'm going to use an analogy a couple of times today in this message to get my points across the same analogy. Let's say uh, you live next door to a, a, a woman that's an elderly widow that doesn't get around very good anymore, and she can't, she just lost her husband, and she can't take her trash out. She can't mow her, her riding mower is broke. She can't mow the yard. Or she's just not able to do it all together. There's two ways you could look at this. You could, uh, you could do like the judgmental person does. And you could say, you know, my neighbor over there, she still have her husband and she hadn't been frying that chicken for him all of these years. Everything she cooks fried. That's why he died. She killed him. You know, uh, and she could, have, she could have stepped up and told him to quit smoking. He smoked all his life. She, you know, she could have, he wouldn't be dead if she wouldn't have done that. And uh, nagging on him all the time, she just gave the man a heart attack and he died, you know. 
You can be that judgmental person, and that's how you can look at that situation. And that's how I'll, uh, and I ain't going to take myself out of it. I've done that before. I've jumped into judgment before I, before I just sympathize with a person. Or you can be this, the person that sympathizes. You say, poor woman, you know, my neighbor over there lost her husband. I don't know what she's going to do. I feel so bad for her. I'd hate to be in that situation myself. And that's just talking about how you talk about it or how you feel about it. It's being sympathetic instead of being judgmental. And either way is easy to do. Uh, the scripture says, uh, James 1.19 says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is one of those sentences as I said, if we could get it. If we could just, if all year long, if you only got one scripture you could put into action into your life, and that's the only accomplishment with your Christian walk that you did that year, if you could do this, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, it would be a major accomplishment in your walk with God. Uh, so we need to take steps towards that. The third point is be loving. Be loving. Romans 12:10a in the NIV says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. I spent, this was my hardest point to cover while I was studying this. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to be loving when I'm, when I'm already talking about compassionate, humble, encouraging, uh, sympathy, uh, agreeable. It was hard for me to, to figure out how to be loving. But this is how I did it. I said, what does it mean to be a loving mother or a loving father? What does it mean when you look back if you've got a loving mother or a loving father, if you know a loving mother or a loving father, if you've got a loving sister or a loving brother, what does that mean? How, do, how is that person loving? Uh, with a husband and wives, there's a lot of forgiveness. A lot of forgiveness in there. That's how you be loving. You also do a lot of things for those people. You listen. When, they're, when they need help, when, they, when they're down and out, you hug them. You say you appreciate them. And that's how you become loving. And uh, some people, you got to, you know, some people at work probably wouldn't appreciate me hugging them. Others do. I've hugged some of the other ones, you know, that were hurting or needed that. And that's how you become a loving person. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13.4, if you've been to any weddings at all in your life, you've probably heard this scripture. It uh, talks about some descriptions of love. And it's not all of the descriptions of love, but some. I'm going to read that for you. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, Love never ends. And that's just a few of the descriptions of love, you know. Uh, add that on to what I was talking about, uh, how a loving brother, a loving wife, loving sister treats you. That's how we're to be with the people in our lives, outside of your house and inside of your house, in the church and outside of the church. That we're to be loving people. Point four is be compassionate. 
Be compassionate. 1 John 3.18 in the NIV says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This is where I'm going to use that analogy again. I believe that compassion is part of love, and it's the part about filling the sympathy that you have for people. You see the woman lives next door to you. You have sympathy for her. I wish you know that I'm glad I'm not in that situation. The poor lady's lost her husband. She's got such a mess in her yard. You know, I'm not going to call code enforcement on her. Maybe next time I get my uh, lawnmower out and I'm mowing my own yard, I'll just pull it over into her yard and I'll mow her yard too, you know. When I take my trash cans out, I'll go over here and get her trash cans and take them out for her as well since she can't do that. That's what compassion is all about. It's putting works into your sympathy. It's putting works into your love with someone. That's having compassion on somebody. Uh, it's a lot like empathy, putting yourself in their situation and helping them do that. Uh, we need to become people that see the need and then feel it. And when I'm saying with, with that, I want to say you want to use good judgment as well. You know, you got the widow woman live next door to you. She can't do for herself. Please do that for her. Step in, do that for her. But if you got three 25-year-old guys living next to you and they don't take their trash out and mow their yard, maybe doing that might not be the best thing for them. Maybe they need a swift kick in the butt, maybe, or something, you know. Y'all need to get out there. Maybe it needs to, uh, you don't want to become an enabler is what I'm saying. I see needs all day, every day when you're out and about that if you fulfilled that need, you're going to become an enabler. And you don't want to do that. You, want to, you don't want to enable somebody to continue on in a lifestyle that they shouldn't be living in. But when you see the need to fulfill and it's an act of God and an act of kindness, then we need to do that. And that's what compassion is all about. And we need to have compassion in our lives. The fifth point on your bulletin is to be humble. Be humble. Proverbs 28, 13, the NIV says, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Um, I love the bumper sticker I've seen around town. Uh, it says, I'm not perfect, I'm forgiven. I love that sticker. It means a lot. Uh, we have to know that we're sinners living in a broken world. Everybody in it sinners, including people sitting in here, including me, Pastor Steve, everybody. We all make mistakes. We all strive to do good, to do the right thing, but we don't always do the right thing. And that's why Jesus came, is because we don't always do the right thing. And we can't have it in our hearts that we always do the right thing because that's, that's not being humble. And uh, I think that's a mistake that the church has made in the last hundred years. Uh, people having arrogance and thinking that we have it all together. We have it all figured out. We're perfect. And I think that got the church into trouble in the last uh, 40 years, you know, with all the stuff that's went on people and that's the way people look at church Christians today if you see somebody that's putting down a Christian most of the time it's because they're arrogant you know or they think they're arrogant 
It may not be the actual case that Christian they're putting down may not be arrogant, but that's what they think. Uh, I Facebook all the time. Uh, and I had one of my friends, I got a lot of friends back home in Louisiana, and they, uh, one of them is not a Christian. She put down on her, her Facebook status was about Christians being hypocrites. She hates hi Christian hypocrites. And the lady's not a Christian, so I wrote a big, long remark. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't arguing with her or anything. I said, I, I, I believe as a Christian that we're all hypocrites. Because in the sense that we, I'm up here telling you that we should be doing good, that we should strive to do the next right thing. But then, I'm telling you that, but then the, after I leave church here today, I'm probably going to do the wrong thing sometime today. You know, I'm probably going to mess up. That's just because I'm a sinner. But that's why I say we're hypocrites, because I'm up here telling you to do the right thing. I mess around and do the wrong thing myself, and it happens. We need to have that in our hearts that... that and keep humble. Uh, I, Pastor Steve's taught a lot of times that humility is not weakness. I had a, uh, I had a buddy that's a two-time United States Taekwondo fighter. And he's a two-time champion in the United States. And uh, we were having a sales meeting one time. And he's a real humble guy. And... Uh, Everybody was talking over him while he was trying to speak. He was a sales manager, and he, and he silenced everybody. He said, uh, don't take my humbleness as weakness. Don't take my kindness as weakness. And uh, we have a lot of heroes in the world, and uh, a lot of heroes in our, in our wars all throughout that are awesome, courageous people, but they're humble, and that's the way we need to be as humble. Uh, I've judged a lot of people. I, I, uh, you've heard me say this before if you've been here any time at all when I'm speaking. When I first got saved, I was 20 years old as an adult. You know, I consider myself a Christian all my life, but as an adult, giving my life to Christ, I was 20 years old. I was in the church that I was in for about nine years uh, there in Louisiana. And... Um, very judgmental when I first got saved. I had it all together. I had it all figured out. You know, a single guy living with my mom and dad, going to church. I'm the smartest guy. I got it all figured out. And I see other Christians doing stuff, and I'm like, man, I'd never do that. That's terrible. And I'm not saying it to myself. I'm saying it to everybody else, you know, running my mouth. And it seemed like any time I did that, Within the next few years, I would find myself in that same exact situation, the same place. And, and I okay, God, I'm sorry. And it took me a few years to figure that out, you know, that I, I'm not, I don't have it all together. I would jump to that judgment, and that's what we need to do is judge less, become humble. Uh, just know that... that uh, it's easy for any of us to fall into the same sin that everybody else is in. So judge less. Uh, point six, be encouraging. Be encouraging. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just, in fact you are, uh, just as in fact you are doing. That would be awesome to have a letter written to you that's in the Bible. 
with Paul writing you, telling you, do just as you're doing. Be encouraging just as you are doing. That's awesome. Uh, great to be in the uh, church of Thessalonica. Uh, but Pastor Steve has taught a whole series on this, Be Encouragers, uh, recently in the last six months. Uh, you can take the encourage and swap it out for a lot of times in the Bible, the same Greek word, this blessings, which is in this, uh, in our study today, it talks about being a blesser and receive blessings. And that's where this encourage comes from. We need to be out encouraging people. And I'm lucky enough that I work with a group of guys. Uh, I know a couple of us are Christians because two of us go here. And uh, not all are but they've got, they've, they've got this part of this scripture. They are encouragers. We, uh, I work for Keys Energy. I work up in the buckets on the power lines and stuff, and we work as small crews together. And uh, whoever's in the bucket that day will go up and work. You have two buckets working together on one pole, helping each other out. And when we get down at the end of the day, the guys on the ground... Uh, good job. They bump your knuckles. Good job, man. You did a good job. That looks great. Your foreman will come over and say, man, y'all did a good job today. Y'all did good. It looks great. One of the guys, uh, the oldest lineman we have, uh, he started line work the year I was born. Uh, his saying is, I've seen better, but I don't know when. Uh, you know, and, and, and these guys have this, they have learned this and they've done it. And since I've been there, it's been amazing because I've never been in a job where your coworker compliments you that much on your work. Uh, but they got this part and uh, it's about, uh, I'm going to just use one more analogy. My mom was an elementary cafe, uh, school cafeteria manager. And uh, working the lines and helping the kids get their food and everything. And she told me uh, her first year into it, they served breakfast and lunch there. And she told me she thought that a lot of those kids, that was the only meal that they got was at school. You know, that breakfast and lunch. They didn't get fed at night. And she, uh, she was friends with all of the kids that would come there. She made friends out of them. She complimented them on how they looked that day and how nice they were. And everything about them, she complimented them. She was an encourager to those kids. And uh, she knew, my mom knew that some of those kids didn't get encouragement at home. Just because you got a mom and dad doesn't mean that you get encouraged. You know, just because you are a mom and dad doesn't mean that your kids encourage you or anybody else encourages you. But my mom knew that and she treated the kids that way and they loved her, you know. They were Miss Mary this and Miss Mary that and they'd show her pictures that they had fished they would caught and deer they had killed. I grew up in Louisiana, so that's what we do. <laughs> you know, so they wanted to show Miss Mary, take her to school and draw her pictures and do all kinds of stuff for her. And that's the way people, grown-ups are that way too. Just because a person's married doesn't mean their spouse encourages them. You know, just because the person is grown up, they got a job, they're working at Winn-Dixie, they're working at the stores, the people that we see every day doesn't mean that they get encouraged. And we need to be out encouraging those people. And they may be, you may be the only smiling face, you may be the only person that day that tells them, you did a good job, man, keep it up. Or like, uh, you do it better than anybody else I've seen, like my buddy does.
Uh, the last thing I want to cover is uh, Pastor Steve's 521. Remember to be thankful every day for five things. Encourage two people so that we can get one more into the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about, is getting people into the kingdom of God. Uh, keep doing the things, radical living. If you do these six things that I talked about today, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble, be encouraging. If you live this out, you will be a radical liver because you stick out in the crowd because you don't see people like this every day. That is a radical liver. If you're doing this, then you're going to stick out to people and you're going to be radical to them in a good way. Ministry team, those of you that are here, would you come up and uh, they're going to be over here on the side of the sanctuary. 